Oh, I would have been done. Not, not the case with this man. Not the case with this man. Even, even if he was denied access into the temple, he still re- recognizes, I'm, I'm not here for the people. I'm not here for the little traditions. I'm here for God. So you, I, I can't get in. That's okay. Because I'm worshiping the God that these scriptures point to. And so he's reading Isaiah. And now as you guys look through the Bible, um, uh, we have a lot of beautiful books. Isaiah is one that you don't just go to and get quick understanding like, boom, there it is. I mean, you might jump in Matthew, you know, you know, may, maybe Paul says, you know, stay away from these things, do these things. Isaiah has imagery and pictures and uh, problem solving where you're like, wait, is he talking about this? Is he talking about that? What's going on? So, so this brother is in a difficult book. He, need, he needs guidance. He needs help. He needs understanding. And we'll see Philip provide that later. But the Spirit said, uh, excuse me, and he comes to, to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now, um, maybe I'm the only one. But have you ever uh, known that there was a right thing to do, but come up with all types of reasons why you shouldn't do it? Go over to the chariot, bro, chariot, I'm walking. Who he think he is in a chariot? I got to walk. He should be walking too. He don't want to talk about Jesus. Cool. <laughs> you know, like, like we, we, we begin to rationalize all the different reasons why it shouldn't happen. You know, you, you think Philip wasn't human? That we don't get insight into this. Maybe, maybe by God's grace, he came in and he was like, boom. He says, go, I'm going. No question. I, I got to imagine, though, you, you, you see all these issues. You see, man, I'm, a, I'm, 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 not, I'm not black. I'm not Ethiopian. This dude couldn't be more, more different than me. And he's a dude of distinction within his culture. Yet, God, you're telling me to go. So I'm going to go. But that brings us to a to, a, to a, a, a bigger point that I need to make. And I, I want to ask you guys a question. I'm going to go through some scriptures next, and I want to ask you guys, um, what's the theme of these scriptures, okay? I'm going to ask you guys, what's the theme of these scriptures? So, uh, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Give me the next one, James. It is God who works in me both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Give me that next one, James. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Cornelius? 
God guiding us. Good answer, brother. God guiding us. God leading us. Okay. So, so for most of us in here, uh, for people who say, I love Jesus, you would, you would say that your hope is that these scriptures are true for you, correct? That God is your guide. Amen? So let me ask a question. L- literally, not like in this, literally, how does God guide you? How does he guide you? We see Philip being told to do things. Literally hearing from the spirit. And sometimes that can scare us a bit, you know? What? You say he hears from God? You, like, like I'm talking to you right now. You hear from God like that, you know? <laughs> we, can, we can get a little scared that somebody's a little too extreme. But, but it's a question we all have to wrestle with, right? Because if he's a leader... And he's guiding us. I've, I've never been in an environment where an effective leader didn't communicate. Notice I didn't say didn't talk. I've got some people who can get stuff done and they don't say a word. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they make it happen, you know? But, but communicate, we, we still got to know the plan. We still got to know. We still got to know. I want to show you guys some ways that the Holy Spirit communicates. (laughs) Speech. Excuse me. Speech. An oratory uh, uh, understanding, oratory expression. Right? Now, for some of us, it is literally, mom said something to me, I heard her. Like, the the Holy Spirit speaks and it's it's as loud as what I'm saying right now. For me, I'm speaking all the time with my mouth closed in my head. I mean, Rebecca says, go grab some groceries. And I'm like, don't forget the milk. Don't forget the milk. Don't forget the milk. And Kroger, nobody hears me saying that, but I hear it clearly up here. I I, I literally hear it. That is how the Lord speaks to me as a person. I can literally hear it. If you ask me, was it as clear as JD saying something? No. But just as my thought was as clear for me to remember it, God will clearly say to me something and it's all in my head. That is one way. Through other people. God will speak through other people. He will speak through a community. He will speak through uh, this local body. I can't recall the number of times that I've heard you all share how you've been blessed by your Mac group and somebody gave insight that you never would have considered and the Lord was working. We go back through scriptures and we see prophet after prophet have a word for the people because they are going astray or because they, God wants to remind them of his love and desire for them to be in a great relationship with him. But that's not the only way. People, people write songs, you know. One day, we're, Rebecca and I were chilling, and she was, this was like maybe a year or two ago. And it was like, uh, this song came out, and she was like, we should do this for worship. And I'm like, what? Girl, what are you talking about? And I just didn't like it. I thought it was bad. Just, yep. And then, six months later, I come to her. Boo, I heard this new song. we got to do this for worship. And she's like, that's the same song, honey. (laughs) 
It was a song called Oceans by uh, Hillsong. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, you, want to see, you want to see some tears flow, that song will get me sometime. You know, like God will use people to communicate his ways to us through books, songs, whole nine. Plug for discipleship to find. Boop. Um, his word. His word. And, and, and I should have bolded this, underlined it, and italicized it. Because this is the primary means by which he communicates. The Holy Spirit does. Because the goal for the Holy Spirit is to bring attention to Jesus. And we understand Jesus based on the scriptures. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is like, I'm trying to point you towards him, but you need to understand who he is and it's already been revealed. Not that you don't need an experience of Jesus, him, who he is, but you don't need a new experience that needs to be something that's like the Bible isn't good enough. So now you need to go elsewhere. No. God in, in his kindness and his character and his mercy can give you something that's like, wow, but it's going to point you right back towards the scriptures, which, which are a wow in and of themselves. And lastly, an experience or, or a presence of God that is, that is just like, I know it was from you and from you only. Where, where you can have dreams, you can have visions, you can, you can see, you can walk outside and, and the same way you've always walked, for some reason today, the tree looks greener and the bushes look more alive and the skipping little dog is moving in slow motion. You know, it's just like, Lord, your creation is showing me you are majestic and today I need to worship you. So, so today's sermon is going to focus more on the first one, through speech. It's going to focus on the first one because that's where these scriptures take us. There will be other times when, when we're studying a prophet, we'll be focused on number two, other people and, and prophets, or focused on his word. And I hope that uh, you'll continue to dive with us through Acts because you, you'll know the tenor of Macav is that his word is what roots us. But to be faithful to this story today, even though we're going to see throughout this story that the word is what's rooting Philip, we're going to give airplay to speech and to the Holy Spirit telling Philip what to do and, dare I say, desires to tell us what to do as well. But, but, while this is how the Holy Spirit communicates, it is oftentimes us who stops the, the, who don't listen. And so I want to, I want to take a moment to, to bring up ways that we sin against the Holy Spirit that don't allow those four expressions that he might give to really flourish in our life. First off, as we saw um, last week, we can, you can have selfish gain. You can desire the use of the Holy Spirit for your own motivation. So, Lord, give me the words to say because she's looking fine and I want to know her. Give me the words. You know, like, we can have selfish gain, you know. I, I do remember us talking to a brother out on the corner. And we had done door-to-door, um, we had set up a corner store. And this brother was like, look, man, I want to show you. I know God is real. So he pulls up his shirt. 
He's got a, a, a scar that's running down his stomach. And he's like, God saved me. I'm trying to tell you God saved me. And I said, well, brother, what was you doing that had you in an area where someone was stabbing you? It's like, oh, man, just doing some stuff, you know. See, see, we want, we want the Holy Spirit to do his work, you know. He was, he was working on me to be able to hustle and steal. And when I got caught, he saved my life. No, no bruh. No, uh-uh. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. Ignore sometimes. You know, we, we um, I, I gave an illustration earlier of fear. You know, sometimes uh, crippling us or... Or we come up with a lot of reasons why we should not do what the Lord says or has given us a, an unction to go do. Or when, when we do just feel like, man, that didn't come from me. That came from the Lord. I should do it. And we come up with all these different reasons why we doubt and don't do it. Uh, but some of us over time have developed systems by which we allow God to operate. So, Lord, I plan. This is what I do. I make a strategy. I believe you are in the planning. Now, sometimes you ask me to do something outside of my plan. That's, that can't be from God. <laughs> that can't be from you. Because you were in the planning, right? And if I stick to the plan, you will allow me to flourish. You see, that's, that's, that's a desire for, to, to elevate our strategy and to elevate our planning above God. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against planning. Actually, I think it's really good. Actually, some of us need planning. Because some of us are on the other scheme where we're like, Holy Spirit leads me where you work. I don't know. He'll provide today. Do you ever want to get a job? I never want to get a job. Because I know he cares for me. You know, and it's like, and it's like okay, so what, what, what you going to cook today? I don't know. He'll bring them food. He'll bring the meal. You know, it's like, it's like a, uh, uh, and, and that's a bit extreme, but... But if I, if I can keep it relevant, there are those of us who don't plan at all. Don't plan at all. And God is trying to say, you, you need to plan. You need to be a wise steward. You, you, you need to foresee the impact that you want to have and chart out some steps to getting there. Say, did you have a question? Oh, okay. Um, and so sometimes we ignore the Holy Spirit, which seems to take, uh, guide us to deviate from our norm. And you can have a default. You can have a norm. You can have a personal rhythm. But if your personal rhythm becomes always instead of most of the time, you potentially are ignoring the Holy Spirit. And then we limit the communication of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we confine them to a preferred uh, form of communication. Oh, excuse me, on that last point, I'm sorry. I meant to say, uh, K- Caleb. Yep. Amen. So he says, what are, the, what are some good ways to discern, Lord, how are you leading me? Okay? That, that is... That's a great question. Uh, I think a couple of things. First, we need to be able to go to the scriptures, okay? So, uh, I, I don't have any money. I'm about to get paid. And this, this was my life for, for a while. 
and the new Jordans are coming out. The new, the new thing that I want is coming out. Lord, like, would you care for me so that after I make this purchase, I will still be able to be cared for? Like, I, I, think, I think we can go to some scriptures that help us look at stewardship in a way that's different from that, okay? So that, that's a little bit of an extreme. But, but I do think that we can... Um, how do I say this? I, I think that we can, most of the time, things are clear what we should do and what we should not. When there are times where you're like, I just don't, uh, this is a toughie. I say, go to the word, pray, and then talk to other covenant community members. Get insight from other people. If, 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 if I see the, the difficulty with impulse is that it's a knee-jerk reaction. But what, what, what's, what's our rush if we're trying to do something that's kingdom-centered? There's, there's no need to, re, to respond in haste. So now I've prayed about it. I'll talk with my wife about it. I'll talk with my friends about it. Hey, guys, I'm about, I'm about to make this move. What do y'all think? You know? And, and if at that point I'm still lost, all I can say, family, is take a risk for Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I can't tell you A or B because I don't know. But, but I do want to say, I don't think, like, I don't think most of our life is like, man, these uh, options that are, um, I don't think most of our life is God led me, I went there, and now I get to an end where I've got two great options in him, and I'm just trying to, trying to make the choice between the two. I think most of our life is resisting our flesh through the desires. It's, it's going against what I naturally want to do with what you want me to do, Lord. And can I, and if sometimes I get that wrong and trying to do what you want me to do, Lord, I think that's a gamble worth taking. Uh, I, I also wanted to mention, though, that sometimes we can be indecisive. And uh, that just means like, hey, God, you give me a lot of options. And until you pretty much part the sky, I just want to wait. You know? Family, these are things that can hinder the Holy Spirit trying to lead us. And so Philip went. He rolls up on this brother that's reading the scriptures in Isaiah. A brother that couldn't be from a further culture than his own. And as the Spirit is leading, things continue to unfold. First he goes to this town. Town where people are just pit stopping. Then he's told to go to this chariot. So verse 30, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Family, uh, this, this, is, this, is, this is the case for all of us. We all need the Lord to illuminate the scriptures. I mean, Jesus does this with the disciples in Luke 24, 45. It says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. It's, 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 not, it's not the way the book was written. It's not the connection I have with my friend. It's not my intensity in studying scripture. 
I'm not against those things. I'm actually for them. Have great relationships. Spend time in the Word. Read solid authors who can point you to Christ. But without the Holy Spirit, you're just learning a lot of good information. You're not, you're not, we are not, I am not understanding and experiencing life transformation words unless the Holy Spirit's in it. And so he opened, he opened their minds when he cared for the disciples. And, and the Holy Spirit now is going to use Philip so that this man can hear and be guided in a way that points him back to Christ. I mean, can you, can you imagine just for a moment, like you're a believer, you love Jesus, and let's say you're about to go on a flight, and you sit down, and you're in the airport, you sit down, and then next to you, you see a person, and you see them reading, and they're kind of going through something, and they're like, uh, excuse me. As, as I'm reading Matthew 18, I'm coming to this verse, and I'm just stumped. Would you, would you mind helping me? Because I don't really, I'm not getting it. <laughs> I mean, me as a Christian, on my Christian side, I'd be like, yes. Okay. What it says is, I mean, because when, when do we as Christians get lobs like that? You know what I mean? When do you get like evangelistic moments like that where it's pretty much placed in your lap? Here's an opportunity I'm searching, I'm even searching in the right arena, and I just want you to help give me clarity. Like, how often does that happen, you know? How often are we desiring for that to happen? How often are we looking for that, you know? Walk in a coffee shop, do you occasionally look around and see what people are reading? Do we assume because she has a Bible that that she's a, a Christian for 40 years could be her first time opening a Bible. You know, do, we, do we have a desire for the Lord to, to use us? Not, not that we have to be PhDs or, uh, you know, people that are extremely learned. But we, we, I, I think I can say that the Lord has cared for many of us in this room to the degree that we could share with someone else the beauty of who Jesus is. And so in verse 32, it says, Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. The, the slaughter, this, this imagery of sacrifice, this imagery of, of death, of dying. Okay, so now Isaiah is pointing us towards Christ. He's saying, hey, I, I want you guys to know <laughs> there's a, a, a sacrifice that's going to happen. There's a one that's going to give his life for all of humanity. But notice he doesn't just say something like death. It's slaughter is something that's a lot more gruesome. It's a lot more painful. It's a lot more, uh, uh, a lot more gruesome. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He, he didn't stand there to defend himself, this, this Jesus the Christ. As he's headed to the cross, he's not, he's not trying to convince them to let him down. But before his accusers, who he's about to die to save, he remains silent. 
in his humiliation, justice was denied him. So now you have the king of kings, the God of all creation coming down to earth and you have soldiers mocking him. You have soldiers uh, smacking him, soldiers uh, tapping on his head saying, yeah, you the king, how you like this crown? You know, the, the ridicule, the humiliation that he experiences all for our sake. All for their sake. And who can describe his generation? This is, a, this is one that uh, is a tough one. Because I don't fully know the answer to what they're pointing to here. There's two kind of realms of thought. There's one realm of thought which is, hey, he died. So what does his lineage look like? On our behalf, he had no children. So, so a physical death took place that, that a eunuch would identify right away because can a eunuch reproduce? Not at all. So it would grip him as he's reading these pages. Or, actually, and this is one that I side with, or through his death, those that are engrafted into who he is will actually have to go through a similar death. So the generation and the lineages that flow out of him will be those that, that will have to die to self so that he can, his name can be lifted. There's two camps. Either camp. I think this eunuch is like, whoa, I am, uh, I am blown away that, 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 that this person would do these things. Who is he? Is, is it Isaiah or is he pointing to somebody else? Because his life was taken away from earth. And, and that just points family to, to him living. Living in heaven, the right hand of the Father, not being conquered by death, but continuing to reign and be our king today. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus Christ. This is a, this is a, um, so my, my natural default as a, as a believer is to um, talk to people about God through relationship and to connect with you like where you are and spend time with you. So that's my like natural uh, bent uh, experience is my natural bent as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, if I were Philip, how I would have flowed. Because Philip just came from an area where he saw all these people come to faith, right? He came from an area where miracles were happening. He gets told by the Spirit to go somewhere else. Told by the Spirit to connect with this dude on a chariot. Rolls up and the guy is reading the scriptures. So my, my natural would have been like, oh, you want to know about this? Man, let me tell you about some healings that just went down. Let me tell you about, you know, you think me and you meeting is a, is a coincidence? Brother, this is the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm telling you, I would have started talking about all these. But he, he, he roots it back to Scripture. He starts with Scripture. I want that to be an encouragement for us because as we have opportunities to share our faith, 
as, as people will want to know, man, why are, you, why are you always so kind on the block? Why do you like to talk to people? Why do you help people? Why do you live here? You know, pe- people, are, people ask and will go, are going to ask you questions. Why, you, why do you care for your kids in that way? Why, all these different things. Will we say, because of Jesus, and that be it? Will we say, well, you know what? God loves me. <laughs> but there's a story that I want to tell you that will, that will say it so much better than I can. And walk them to the scriptures. Because see, when I leave... And, 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 and I'm gone, they don't have my experience to get them through the challenges that are going to come to the faith. They don't have, you know, me telling them about a miracle that just happened that's going to allow them to really succeed. What, 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 what will give them the foundation that they need to actually walk out this life is the Word of God. So family, as Philip has modeled for us, and I'm not saying always do anything, okay? But I'm saying Philip does a, does a great model of showing us what it looks like to be dependent upon the Spirit to say, man, I'm going to go where you tell me to go. But when I get there, there's no need for me to build a new foundation. There's one already set. And let me use Scripture to introduce you to that. So he then talks about the good news of Jesus. Now, now, Pastor, you might, you might be asking, like, am I, okay, let me ask this question. How many of you all have ever uh, worked somewhere or are working somewhere? If you have worked somewhere in the past or are working somewhere, raise your hand. All right. Some of my young kids, I asked us, okay, I got you. You're 14, maybe on your birthday. Um, so... Imagine if you're working at your job, you've got a bunch of different roles. Maybe you've got a, a bank teller. Maybe you have a janitor. Maybe you have um, a, a vice president. Maybe you have um, uh, a secretary. All these different roles working towards one purpose. Now, in your work environment, the way in which everyone communicates is email. You don't get to say, hey, because I'm the vice president, I don't use email. So Elizabeth, write that down for me. You know, you don't get to say, hey, I'm, I'm a security guard. I know I work here. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the VP, but if y'all want to communicate with me, text me. No, like the mode of operation for how we communicate in this company is email. And while everyone has different roles, th- that is the way we operate. So am I saying to you all today that everyone is an evangelist? No. That is a role that some people in the local body have. But am I saying that everyone should be evangelizing? Yes. That is, that is the way by which the God has used his local body to communicate who he is. And we don't, we don't get to say, well, because that's not my role or because that's not the way God has wired me, I get to check out. You don't. You don't. 
Because you hinder the advancement of the church, which is bigger than me and bigger than you, when we decide to check out of evangelism. Just as if I didn't email you, our company would go down because we got to stay connected. So family, today I'm praying that these words would not convict you in the way of saying do more stuff. We're talking about Bible studies going on in our community. We have barbecues in the community. I'm, I'm not saying do more. I'm saying use what the Lord has given us to the fullest degree. I, I wish, I wish I could do a study of myself, right? Where I, I put a little number, a badge that had a number on it. And every time I entered a place, the number went up based on the amount of people present. Okay? So I walk in the, I walk in the uh, gas station, bloop, bloop, three other people in there with me. And then I come home, my family greets me, bloop, bloop, five other people. Now I'm up to what, eight. Then I go in the grocery store, bing, 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 you know, like maybe there's a hundred people in there. And I get, I, I get to sit down at the end of the week, take it off and look at it. And I can imagine even for those of us who don't get out very much, there's got to be at least 50 in, in one week. Now, some of us are in the thousands, you know what I'm saying? Going to Meyer and your stuff is going crazy, you know, I, I get it. I'm not asking us to do something new, something more. What I'm saying is, I believe in those arenas, the Lord is already trying to get my attention, trying to get your attention, trying to get our attention to maybe, don't go get the cereal yet, go get the fruit. What? Why, why do you want me to go get fruit? See? All I told him to do was go to Gaza. I didn't tell him about an Ethiopian. I didn't tell him. Go to Gaza. Okay, can you just go get the fruit? Cool. All right, I'm getting the fruit. Getting the fruit. Now, oh, she just dropped that. Help her pick it up. Ask her how she's doing. I'm saying in my own life, I've seen it where God has guided me to people I could have never imagined. Never imagined. And some of you all are here today because God used somebody to guide you for, in a way that you would have never crossed paths with this church. Never. Are we open? Are we willing when the Lord does say something to say, you know what, I'm going to take, take you at your word. I'm going to take this risk. Or, my, or, or will we ignore it? You see, when we give a challenge to this local body and we say, hey, guys, um, let's all be inviters. Our our goal isn't to be a big church that's just balling. Our our goal is that our missional posture would would be worked out. This This is a part of your DNA as a believer. This is a part of who God has created me to be. And so when I don't do it, we're not, we're not, see, we're talking about God living in us. Okay? The Holy Spirit is God. So if he lives in me and wants to lead me, oh, Lord, humble me so I may listen. Humble us so we may listen. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water in verse 36. And the eunuch said, see, here is the water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, 
and he baptized him. You know, it's, 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 it, it, it's really like him saying, hey, like, is, what, what could stop me right now because I'm about to do this? What, what prevents me? What would hinder me from being able to delight in, in the Lord right now? I can be baptized right now, you know? Sister... She says, hey, the eunuch possibly could have been prevented from going in a temple, right? So could right now just be a play on words? Like, is there anything else holding me up? Can I be baptized now? Since I never saw that, I believe, I believe that could definitely be a play on words. I need to do some research, but praise him if so. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely know he's saying what could... It, you, you let me know if there's something that hinders me from, from delighting. But it's, it's not like, it, it's almost with the assumption though, like, hey, you let me know so I can move it out the way. Because I'm about to get baptized. So what? You got five things? Let's do it. Let's get them out the way because we're about to do this, you know? And so, the, the, see how the Lord lines it all up? Really? So the chariot just happens to roll by a pool of water deep enough for him to get baptized in? Really? In the desert? Come on, y'all. <laughs> Come on, man. God is good, man. So, so uh, 39. And when they came up out of water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his, and, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Astos, uh, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all towns until he came to Caesarea. So Philip was carried away. So totally, totally, so I'm telling you where to go, Philip. Totally, totally opposite to the experience you just had. You just had experience when you were in Samaria that were for tons of people. Now I'm sending you to a place just for one. One person. One person. And, and, and that's not even his end result. That's not even like the place where he ends up. And later we see that, that this location that the Lord moves him to, we'll see in, in, toward later in Acts, like his four daughters are there and they're prophesying. And so like, like he sets up residence in this place where God ends up transporting him to. But this place was, was extremely important in his journey. And so Philip gets moved on, preaching all the way uh, as he goes to the different towns. But family, I, I want you guys to be encouraged because uh, there's, there are a number of different um, theologians that believe like this eunuch then goes on and become, begins to uh, be a champion for the gospel in African regions. You know, they, they, they're saying that, hey, this, this guy could have been one of the first to return home and begin sharing the gospel. So that when missionaries arrive, they say, oh, you know, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. And they say, oh, that's what you call him? Cool. We know the whole story. 
but we, we didn't get the name right. Now we got it, boom, you know, like, like we, we don't know how the Spirit's working. What, what we do know is that this man left with a new joy. With a new joy. Started problematic. Started uh, with, with misunderstanding. Started confused. And now leaves with clarity and joy. That came from the leading of the Holy Spirit. So family, I ask you guys just a few questions. You love the Lord. Then how does the Holy Spirit lead you? Are you open to being led in some new ways? Is, is speech just not your thing? Can the Holy Spirit just not speak to you? If so, then I ask that you would ask the Lord to help rid you of that mindset. You know, but, but, but God can use speaking. He can use his word. He can use experience. He can use his body. Be open to him using all of those For his name's sake. Pray that we would take advantage of the opportunities that the Lord does give us. Be open. Let's pray that the Lord would soften our hearts so that we we won't be as scared. And so that we won't come up with reasons why we shouldn't. Do we see uh, interruptions as opportunities to serve? You know, I I can't... Do we see, uh, like, like he ended up ultimately in Astos, but Samaria, then the Gaza, there was a journey to get there. If his whole goal had been, I need to get to my town so then I can start, he would have missed this whole opportunity, you know? So do we see somebody who might come up and ask for a little change or somebody who, you know, in the and the mall wants to talk way longer than we feel like and we got to get home. Like, do we see these as opportunities or interferences? Because I already got my plan and you're just hindering me from advancing my plan. May we be encouraged to allow evangelism to be a part of our lifestyle and not simply just a ministry or activity. Again, don't want you to do something new, but being willing to be used where we are. And lastly... To point us towards the scriptures. Do you spend time in the word so that you would be prepared to share the good news of Christ when given the opportunity? Like the, the reason you study isn't just so you can be equipped when someone comes. Like we study so we can have a vibrant relationship. Uh, dig deeply from the well of Christ. And, and receive joy just as this person has received it. But in doing so, when a person, when we have the opportunity to share our faith, man, let us, let us have spent time in the word so we may accurately point them to who Christ is. Family, we're, we're now going to move uh, to a time of uh, communion and a time of tithes and offerings.